0: You're listening to Talking Buildings, the podcast related to all things about the built environment. Here's
1: your host, Paul Angus. Welcome to Talking Buildings, and what a treat we have for you today. We don't have just one special guest, not even two, but you guessed it, we have three very enthusiastic guests joining us today. Many of our listeners will be hearing from each of you for the very first time, so let's picture the scene. You're at a networking event. You're working the room and you're about to meet each individual listener that's tuning into your voice right now for the very first time. So each of you has
0: 30 seconds. Let's hear your elevator pitch. Over to you, Ryan. Hi, everyone. I'm Ryan Hahn. I uh, work at NDY, been with uh, NDY for the last eight years now. I'm a mechanical engineer and my role at NDY is uh, education sector lead, um, which is an incredibly Uh, honouring role because it is the best market sector to work in and also the best engineering discipline to work uh, to be. So um, I'm bloody good at my job. I love my job Mm -hmm. Um, and if this was actually an elevator pitch I'd say and I'd like to work with you on your job. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Love it. Misha what about yourself?
2: Hi my name's Misha Stevens. I'm an acoustic engineer. I work at Stantec, formerly known as Wood and Grieve Engineers. I've been there for about five years now. And my background before that was actually in the entertainment industry, um, working as a sound engineer. So, Mm. um, yeah, a bit of hands-on experience and working to design spaces, rooms now. I do a bit of environmental work, but mostly I work in commercial, uh, hospital and
3: education sectors as well. Fantastic.
1: And last but not least, pratique.
3: Hey, everyone. I'm Pratik Alkesh. I'm a mechanical engineer and deputy project manager with ACOM in Sydney. Uh, I work mainly on data center projects and uh, some commercial buildings as well. And um, the teams I work with are spread across Australia, India and uh, Singapore and -hmm. the greater APAC region as well. So it's, uh, yeah, I really love my job as well and I love uh, talking to new people.
1: You're being extremely humble there, Pratik. Everyone should be aware that Pratik was recently awarded the prestigious SIBSI Australia and New Zealand Young Engineer of the Year Award, which is a fantastic achievement. Well done, Pratik. And we look forward to testing your general knowledge in the SIBSI challenge later on. Alrighty, we're off to a good start, so let's um, get cracking. So we find ourselves in an unfamiliar, disrupted environment that has potentially changed the way we work forever. So looking back over the past few months, how have each of you found engagement with your teams? Ryan,
0: let's start with you. Uh, Yeah, well, it's certainly shifted massively over the last six months. Um, So the start of of COVID and the work from home, um, there was... A lot of energy. There was a lot of involvement from everyone in this exciting new environment. Mm-hmm. The excitement and the difference certainly degraded. Oh, well, no, degraded is probably not the right term, but it, it certainly lessened over over the last six to sort of seven months. And it's been hard. It's been hard to keep teams engaged. It's been hard to communicate mm-hmm. and, um, and deliver mm-hmm. and make sure everyone is on the same page. Yeah. Um, I would say it's starting to improve again now that yeah. people are having more interaction back in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's been a, ch- a challenge, I'll say that. Yeah. Mm. What about you, Misha?
2: Yeah, so um, I would agree with Ryan in that there was a lot of that energy at the start, you know, checking in the stats and the news every day and there was always a topic to talk about. We started off having team meetings every single day. Yeah, They're kind of once or twice a week now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are doing things in the greater office. So connecting more with our other states as well, which I end globally. Oh, cool. We've kind of taken the opportunity to like get on board with the teams and the Zoom calls and things. So there's a bit of, you know, it's a bit forced, a bit of forced connection, but yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing mm-hmm. in that regard. Um, a few, you know, trivia nights and your bingos and things with the office, which has kept a bit of morale up. Um, mm-hmm. I think we tried to do them too regularly at the start. I and mean, there's a lot of that fatigue. Yeah, for the, sure. <laughs> the Zoom fatigue or the whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think we're kind of doing every two or three weeks now and it's nice and I think just keeping it casual I think is the, the important part there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, so I think, look, I've found the engagement to be fairly good only because I think we had a fairly close team to start with. Mm-hmm. I think if someone was new, it would be really difficult, I think, to try to get involved in mm, in any organisation.
1: Mm-hmm. I know you're working on a large confidential project at the moment, Predict. Um, how has the pandemic affected you and the project team at ACOM?
3: Well, so uh, because the project team was already situated across the APAC region, we had a lot of people working on it from Australia New Zealand and India. Mm-hmm. Um, we were working virtually before the pandemic hit. Okay. Um, so we, we kind of had our workflows in, in place. Um, I'd like to say that not everyone found the transition easy. Mm-hmm. So in Australia, we were quite lucky that we didn't have a full lockdown. So people who needed to go into the office could still go into the office, um, but it, it's it's worked all right. There has certainly been challenges um, in keeping up with the short timelines. The uh, margin of error has, has lowered. And we've also had to be conscious that people have their personal lives. Uh, it, it, it's kind of an intrusion into personal lives uh, because of having to work from home. But yeah, I think we're coming around now and um, hoping that the project ends on a high, yeah.
1: Awesome, that's great to hear. Okay, Um, I'm extremely conscious of how work hours have extended during the working from home era, which I'm sure you all are as well. And I'm definitely guilty of calling people after hours to talk about work. Um, So how about you? Um, Have you found some similar challenges or have you experienced anything different, Misha?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think the interface between home and office is just, disappeared now. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I was talking to um, my partner about this the other day. I said, if this is the best thing that comes out of this, I really like that engagement. I feel, I feel closer to my clients and my colleagues in, in that way that, you know, I'm talking to them and their dogs barking in the background, but (laughs) I'm just like, yeah, we're both just people. Like there's a lot of that pretentiousness that can kind of um, break away, Mm -hmm. uh, which I look, I really like that part of it. Um, it is yeah, like the line does blur a bit. I tend to um, have a slower start to my day, and then really from four pm to seven pm mm-hmm. is when I'm getting a lot of good work done. So wow. I do yeah, I am guilty of calling colleagues sometimes, but mm-hmm. they're ones that I know are doing that same thing. Yeah, um, I rarely would call a client at that time unless, again, I knew that they were doing that. So I think it it's given a lot of people respect of a flexible work life mm-hmm. and what choosing your hours and having an understanding of what other people's hours are and just respecting that into whatever you're deciding to do for yourself that day as well.
1: Awesome. Okay. Um, Ryan can I ask you, how do you feel about the impact working from home is having on young engineers career progression?
0: Uh, I think it's, it's, it's humongous. Unfortunately, at the start of the pandemic and, um, for NDY, we actually had to let go a lot of our, uh, graduates, purely because they mm-hmm. required a significant amount of effort at that time, which we couldn't give to them mm-hmm. for – I'll put it bluntly – for the least amount of output. Yeah. Huge effort, mm-hmm. uh, low output. We did manage to keep some on, mm-hmm. um, but it has been and it will continue to be a real difficulty in training. Not It's not only uh, the graduates anyway either. It's, it's new staff it, – across the board because they have to learn new systems Mm -hmm. um, that are particular to different organizations. Yeah. And without just being able to yell across the room Mm -hmm. that, um, oh, hey, how do you do this? Like to get access to that information is now, is now difficult. A Um, challenge, isn't it? Yeah, so for graduates, um, they they are and organizations are going to have to put in significant additional effort Mm -hmm. to make sure that their development keeps up with what was in a pre-COVID work environment. Mm -hmm.
1: It's certainly not so easy for anyone in these unpredictable times, but least so for our graduates and mentees who will have to be far more conscious and adaptive to the repercussions of being isolated in terms of learning on the job and the challenges associated with mentoring when they're separated. It's really important for our young engineers to touch base, be proactive and not sit back. I have to say, I wasn't expecting you to say that, Ryan, in terms of NDY having to release some other graduates. That's pretty sad. I know that some consultancies have had to reduce their workforce through these difficult times, indeed. And I'm sure if anybody finds themselves in that situation at all, please be sure to reach out and make yourself known to your local SIBSI chapter, where we can look to assist young engineers or any engineers at any level, for that matter, with finding new placements within the industry. Pratik, as a young engineer yourself, what's your experience in the pandemic and how is it affecting young engineers' career progression?
3: Yeah, I'd agree, actually. Um it's harder to mm-hmm. assimilate a multitude of views yeah. when everyone's working from home. Mm-hmm. So I personally found that, say, if I was talking to colleague A, or let's call him I don't know Michael, if I was talking to Michael about a certain challenge I was facing, yeah. and Damien was sitting next to him, um, Damien would have overheard that conversation or might have overheard the conversation and chimed in with another viewpoint or another data point. Yeah, um, and in the same amount of time, I got two sets of views, two sets of solutions mm-hmm. and approaches to to the solution that I now would, t- it would take me double the time because I'd have to go to Michael first and then even think about going to Damien. But if I was happy with the first solution or if I was made to believe that that was the only solution available, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't bother going to another source. And I think that is something uh, that would take... Uh, more effort i I don't think i have a solution for this to be replicated in a virtual way i think it'll take a bit more effort and thought before we can do that
0: yeah i I think you need those separate different approaches as well because Mm -hmm. i consider myself to be quite a uh a flexible engineer Mm -hmm. who sort of looks at standards and tries to go all right well what's the intent here but you've got other engineers in particular who might be no that's the words that's it Mm -hmm. And they're the fun arguments that you get to have in a, in a group environment. Yeah, um, that it's very very difficult. Yeah, because you often don't know that you need to have that argument
1: mm-hmm.
0: without someone just hearing it and going, "Hey, I disagree." That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's plenty yeah. of ways to a car, isn't there? Yeah, mm. yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes you don't even know who has worked on similar projects before. Mm-hmm. So. We had a new person join our team, Mm -hmm. but because we haven't really spoken to him much, um, we didn't know that he had also worked on a data center project and he had a lot Uh, of ideas to contribute to. Um, And yeah, it just just happened that one day I was talking to him and he said, hey, I'd worked on a project and Mm -hmm. here's another approach. And I go, wow, I would never have asked you that because... Uh I didn't know that, but had he been in the office or had we all been in the office, he might have had that opportunity to chime in. Okay,
1: cool. Universities teach engineering principles. However, consultancy firms teach those young graduates and engineers that you were just talking about how to actually practice engineering. So how important do you consider it is for young engineers to find that right balance between working from home and spending time in the office with either a senior colleague or a mentor? And what advice would you give? Isha?
2: So the balance between working from home and working in the office, I think, is really important, particularly I've found with my own graduates in the team that when they want them to try something new or do a new concept to them, Mm -hmm. I will make sure either I am in the office with them, that we're together, or that a senior engineer, someone who's going to show them that concept for the first time I think it's important to be together. I think it's just a little bit too complex to teach those kind of things over Zoom or Teams or whatever it is you're using. Yeah. Um, I am a big fan of Teams and I do see a lot of benefit in that and screen sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think when when it's something new and, you know, it's a difficult concept, I think, yeah, having some time to come into the office and be together with person you're learning from. And like Prateek mentioned earlier, that might be more than one person having, you know, a couple of people. So I think, yeah, finding a balance between days in the office is definitely something moving forward. I think we really all need to be aware of. Mm -hmm. Um, And as senior engineers or management in any firm, I think having a presence on those days is also equally important.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, are you actually talking to your mentor, or, or if you're talking to your colleagues or whoever to try and sort of synchronize when you're going to the office? Is that?
2: Um, yeah, I usually am talking to the engineers mm-hmm. um, working on my projects and then teeing up. The one thing they've done really well is talk to each other a lot, mm-hmm. which is good. And if one person's going in and they know that someone else is pretty good at that particular software, mm-hmm. they'll say, Oh, do you mind coming in on Wednesday? And okay. they'll sit down together, um, which is really great they're doing that on their own and then if it's something that I want to show them I'll I'll just also say like oh you guys are in on Wednesday cool I'll be there on Wednesday too mm-hmm. so it's kind of case by case but yeah. I try to be there definitely one day a week and then flexible mm-hmm. on the others yeah
3: yeah I agree with Misha there um, we've also tried to coordinate times where we want to get together in the office and just mm-hmm. brainstorm y- brainstorm mm-hmm. ideas Personally, like on a, on a new project, uh, or on a, on a project that I had to start during COVID, um, I found that I, I got a lot more insight into how the project was functioning um, just by spending two hours with the senior engineer working on the project mm-hmm. in the office with the drawings in front of us. Um, then I, and I made a lot more headway than I had made the previous day by reading reports and just going through the project server. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel that there needs to be some recognition that it takes more effort to coordinate that. Mm -hmm. Um, and with tighter timelines on projects, potentially it might not be possible Mm -hmm. to, to arrange a visit for everyone to be in the office together. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Pratik, how are you finding like access to developing consulting skills?
3: Um, any particular consulting skills? Oh, all of them. All of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's certainly for me. It's one of the hardest ones to teach somebody, and I find that you have to just see it um, or listen to it. So you can listen to a phone call in an office. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to a meeting if 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 we're having meetings. Yeah,
1: you shaddle, can take them along. Someone, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but much of that has been lost, and it's certainly something that I'm trying to be more conscious of in a remote working environment that it's so easy just to have a meeting with a client and just go, oh, I need to talk about this. That conversation would usually be overheard by say the design engineer or somebody else in the office. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you finding that a, a difficult thing to do at the moment to develop or are you comfortable with that?
3: Yeah, Ryan, I agree. Um, learning by osmosis uh, has has reduced over the last few months. Um, As an early professional, I learn a lot by observing how the senior engineers and how the team leads interact with clients. That has definitely been lacking over the past few few months while we are not in the office. Um, Other avenues such as uh, lunchtime conversations where we are all gathered around a table and talk about how our projects are progressing, those those have also been hard to come by. Um, But I think... I've been lucky that some of my team leads have included me on the virtual meetings that they have with clients because it, I think it's a lot easier these days to be part of those virtual meetings. It's just a matter of someone forwarding me the invite and I can sit there quietly being on mute, um, just learning um, and observing how things or how the proceedings occur. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that's been a lot easier. So if if others are also afforded that opportunity, um, we can all learn consulting skills then. Yeah, and yeah. And for that. a
0: business, it's also not its not an expensive time sink anymore because they can just be listening and they're not, they don't have the travel time or, mm-hmm. or the additional cost, yeah.
3: Correct, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I would also agree on the, the fording of meetings. I've found that really, really useful. I've had really good feedback um, from the engineers that, wow, I learned so much from that meeting. Like mm-hmm. I actually understand the project a lot better now. And yeah, they're able to hear um, obviously how I'm interacting, but other consultants as well from other firms or clients and just they get a bigger picture, I think, of the projects and and how they run. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're not getting the in-person interaction. It is a different setup. But yeah, I think having that access is, is a really valuable tool. I think something that is, yeah, again, a positive of COVID. It's
1: a good perspective. So being not a, a young or as young as you guys engineer, um, I've, I've had some lucky opportunities throughout my career being mentored. And I'm always looking at opportunities to pass that on. Um, so I'm always looking at um, opportunities where I can mentor um, within the organization or externally. So for example, I took part in the UTS um, Lucy program last year and I'm part of the Western Sydney University Wise program this year. Um, I just wondered if any of you guys had any sort of memorable moments of where you might have been mentored or where you've um, mentored someone. Um, it might be as a student or it might be in your organization now.
0: Similar to you, Paul. Yeah. I've always put my hand up mm-hmm. in organizations and situations where I'll make myself available as a mentor. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, we've just gone through a process at NDY where everyone in the business has been asked to respond. Are you willing to be a mentor? Yeah. And, um, what would be your key uh, expertise um, in okay. for mentorship? And had a absolutely massive response, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. And it's actually surprising going through that list what some people are saying they're willing to mentor about. Really, uh, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like personally, um, I, I really enjoy it as well, mm-hmm. and the benefit that the mentees mm-hmm. uh, get out of it is is very clear. Yeah. Um, as a mentee though, it's yeah, it's been incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I have uh, one particular individual who was a principal at a previous company that I used to work for.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I just, I just val- he, he thinks very different to me and I value yeah. his, his insight in into, into work and business. Uh-huh. Um, and then in terms of um, colleagues, there's a small group of us that have worked together over the years in different capacities and mm-hmm. we, we use each other all the time uh-huh. for bouncing ideas. Yep. Some of them are, are uh, engineers like, like myself and yep. you can bounce some technical things off them mm-hmm. alternatives and, and others are completely different fields where, mm-hmm. um, they can provide a, a whole new approach to how you're thinking Yeah, because they're so divorced from our industry. Uh-huh. Um, So, yeah, it it will be massively valuable um, more so than it's ever been before, I think, uh, in this environment. Yeah.
2: I don't know that I have any um, particularly memorable experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had good mentor or mentee experiences and I've had average ones. I I wouldn't say I've anything bad. But um, experiences where I think it has been more beneficial is definitely – someone, A, I'm not working directly with because mm-hmm. I feel organisations do try to tee you up with those stock standard mentors. It's like, cool, this is your boss, mm-hmm. this is also your mentor. And it's like, okay, <laughs> that's great. Um, um, yeah, it's probably it – doesn't always work, though, does work. doesn't always work. Yeah. Oh, I don't
0: know that. I don't know if that ever works. Yeah. Yeah. It? It, it can't um, be forced. Yeah.
2: That's right. Yeah, exactly. And, um, uh, yeah, but experiences I've had is when I've found someone who have thought – Gee, they really take an interest in my career and they seem to listen to what I have to say. Yeah. And they're very knowledgeable. I've approached people like that and just said, Will you be my mentor? and well every time i've ever done that it's been really well received mm-hmm. and i find i get a lot out of those relationships because they are they start with you know quite a, a friendly natural mm-hmm. interest yeah. um and w- similarly when i'm mentoring people as well i try to make sure you know i'm giving them my attention and my interest it's not just oh tacked on another title yes i'm your mentor and mm-hmm tick these boxes I try to really make sure I'm giving them that effort and interest yeah. genuine interest in yeah. their career and and whatever else um yeah might be happening for them so mm-hmm. I think yeah that's my my yeah. highlights well, that's good
1: <laughs> yeah you're hitting a key aspect there because um being a mentor isn't always be about um actually sort of being selected it's, it's actually being at, if you, like, you can't actually be asked to be flattered to be a mentor but mm-hmm. you, you sometimes as well you're looking at a mentor it might be the best things or the best aspects where you want to Push yourself. Yeah. You know, and it might be someone that's got that, that aspect. I don't know it might be someone that's public speaking or, I don't know, thought leadership or whatever it is, whatever aspect it is. And you can, you can see, you can single that out in your, in, in your organization and then um, approach them and they will be flattered. So that, that yeah, goes for I anyone agree. listening to this. yeah,
2: And that, that flattery, um, I think drives <laughs> them to give you, <laughs> yeah. give you all that little bit
1: extra as well, which is doesn't go astray. Personally, I would have to say that one of my most memorable mentee experiences when I began working in the consultancy industry with WSP when I was back in the UK. I was an intermediate engineer at the time brand new to consultancy and my close colleague and mentor Steve Ingle was far much older than me and much much more experienced than I was. Steve constantly pushed me pushing me in new situations well out of my comfort zone and it's kind of testing me like a sink or swim moment but he was always there in the background ready to jump in at any time it was also like a kind of Danielson, Mr. Miyagi moment where everything Steve taught me in the job, including encouraging me to get involved in industry bodies such as Subsy and Sophie, all clicked together and the stars all aligned. Steve had some kind of mystic ability in setting off a spark within me that I didn't even know was there. So that's a good example of how being mentored, challenged, and constantly encouraged a further developed in me as a person and who I am today, which also heavily transferred into my daily working life. In doing so, this has also pushed me to always pay it forward and pass on my experiences and knowledge to the benefits of the engineers of tomorrow.
3: Yeah, um, I've had, I've been very fortunate to have very uh, good mentors mm-hmm. um, in my short career. Can't really say I've been a mentor myself, but um, actually, no, hold on. Um, I'd like to mention a mentor of mine, Sam Collard, from my time working in India. Mm-hmm. He was also a Scotsman, like mm-hmm. you, Paul. and um, he was my first mentor out of uni, and he gave me an incredible insight into how um, consulting as a business works. But we always joked that we were mentors to each other because I helped him upscale himself uh, on Excel spreadsheets and figuring out how Cisco WebEx works and things like that, or even just his phone. He got a new iPhone. He's like, I don't know how to work this. (laughs) So I mentored him with technology, kind of a reverse mentorship And of course, deciphering, uh, you know, Indian cuisine and mannerisms and language. Um, So, yeah, uh, I think young mentorship is also an avenue that that can be explored where Mm -hmm. people get paired. And um, young people mentor um, senior engineers in Mm -hmm. tasks that they might not have had the chance to um, be involved in. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, that's really good. Um, just give a quick, quick insight into my career path in and I, I began my career serving a four-year plumbing apprenticeship, and I was lucky enough to have um, two memorable journeymen. They were called journeymen, not mentors. Um, and they trained me in my career. So you, you get a journeyman who might be with you for three to six months, and then you go to another site and you get a different journeyman. But that type of practical experience on the tools training in um, an array of construction sites was without, without a doubt um, worth its weight in gold and provided that on-the-job training that has really greatly benefited me. Um, so do you think that consultancies should offer apprenticeships to ensure adequate on-the-job training is provided?
0: Uh, I think I think consultancies should have much stronger relationships with universities. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it necessarily has to be an apprenticeship. We need to tie in work experience and yeah. access to work experience in our industry yeah. much tighter with universities. Mm-hmm. And, and I know it's different for hydraulics because most people – come from a trade background yeah. um but the the core disciplines are the mechalec mm-hmm. um and some of the specialties yeah we need much closer ties the other thing that i would love to see is for those core disciplines mm-hmm. more partnerships with with contractors yeah which which and and sharing engineers and yep. more access to site yeah yeah um it's something that i've had so many conversations about over uh-huh. the time uh, over the years but um yeah. Has been a very hard thing to implement. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of risk and insurance, oh, sure. and, 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 yeah. and just straight up dollars that, yeah, that yeah. come into it. Mm-hmm. But for those uh, disciplines that the the graduates are coming straight out of university, mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely key. Yeah, yeah. Um, if 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 that could somehow be improved, uh-huh. uh, I'd love to see it. Yeah.
1: That's, that's where I'm coming from. It's, it's that having that experience, being on site, you know, having that. Because mm. when you come, you, you know, you get interns and, you know, you become fresh off as a graduate, you haven't got that experience. You don't understand things, you know. If you had that sort of experience with a, with a contractor or, or, or I don't know how, how or why or how you do it. but
0: well, I, Yeah, I remember being nervous about site inspections mm. for, for years after mm-hmm. I started just because you've got these contractors who... Yeah. Yeah, most of them probably know what they're doing. A lot of them will just bully you through a through a conversation. Yeah, and you don't actually know if you're right or wrong. You, you don't mm-hmm. know what position you're in. Yeah, so that's all about experience, isn't it? It's yeah. about experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I, I would yeah agree with the being on site. Even up to today, I learn stuff on site every every time I go. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, as an Early on in my career, I remember seeing, you know, little diagrams of things and how they're built and having it explained to me. And I'm like, cool, it makes sense, but I, I don't really get it. Yeah. And then it's not till you're on site and you see all the steel and <laughs> whatever yeah. it is, it all clicks into place that's and it said. makes sense. All the stars um, are lame,
1: don't they? That's they're right, lame. yeah. <laughs>
2: so I think that's um, really important. We do have um, – we've had a few interns come and work for however long it is, go back to uni. Some have decided – Cool. Actually, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to do consulting, which is great that they have the opportunity to make that decision and then cater their the rest of their um, time at uni to something they do want to do, or the opposite. They've thought that's great. That's exactly what I want to do, and then start selecting subjects to to push that further. So I think yeah, the internships and relationship with the uni is definitely. Um, has a benefit, and if they have a good experience at your company, you teach them things, you make them feel comfortable, they will come back. So it, there's an investment there as well.
1: Yeah. Do you think our young engineers who are not physically present in the office limit their chances of promotions, progression, experience, or even more at risk of being made redundant? And you kind of touched upon that earlier, Ryan. Maybe you should uh, jump, jump in there. I'll start.
0: Uh, yes, um, I do. um (laughs) it it requires a lot of conscious effort yeah from the young engineers to make sure it doesn't happen Mm -hmm. because in that environment no one's going to come looking for you Mm -hmm. unless something is wrong yeah so as a young engineer you you will need to be really conscious of this i don't have any hard and fast solutions. Yeah. But, yeah, absolutely you need to be conscious that it will be harder to progress technically. Mm-hmm. It, it will be harder to progress as a consultant through from what we spoke about before. Yeah. And you will need to seek that experience mm-hmm. and ask for it yeah. because it won't be in the front of everyone's mind to go, mm-hmm. oh, hey, I... I I, in an ideal world, it would, but in reality, it won't. Um, you, you'll have to say, "Hey, can I come to that meeting? Hey, can I yeah. talk to you about this? Can we have a group conversation about this yeah. in the catch-up tomorrow morning? Yeah. It, like whatever it might be, but sure. um, yeah, they will need to be really conscious yeah. about it."
1: Well, as I was about to say, don't. Um, I think the best advice is not to sit in silence, isn't it? And yeah. put your hand up and say you want, you need this, or you need that advice here, or you need that little bit of effort from someone to help you. Absolutely.
2: I think um, I know when we first kind of went into the remote um, working from home, that was all our engineers, I think they were very paranoid that they'd lose their jobs. Luckily we didn't lose anyone from our team, but that paranoia was kind of nice in a way that they were constantly telling us what they were doing, asking for more work, like I've got a bit of downtime. And that actually was a good way to start in that it created that environment where they yeah. were really reporting back to us on their workloads and you know when someone's free you can um, help another person out who might be snowed under mm-hmm. and we've we have seen people with different workloads as in from communication not that we've been able to see it which is why it's gone unnoticed mm-hmm. and we really do try to it's a bit more administration but try to track all the project work coming up mm-hmm. and track hours and things like this of what we predict someone's workload will be like and then ask them mm-hmm. and get the feedback to make sure that, you know, everyone's got plenty of work on because if they don't then yeah. we have a problem. If they got too much work on, well, we need to hire up and we need mm-hmm. to know that information as well. Yeah. So I think, um yeah, having a culture of putting your hand up and, and just saying what it is you're doing or what it is you're not doing. Yeah. And s- even if you're saying you know, I've got up to this point, but I'm stuck now mm-hmm. and I need help mm-hmm. rather than just sitting there waiting till the, you know, the team leader circles back and checks in on you. I think that's that's certainly one way to try to maintain employment.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I think as well, communication is key as well, isn't it? Because you need to know what other people are doing. And if someone's going to site or someone's doing something, going to a meeting or something you've not had experience in doing before, that's, you just need to be aware of what people are doing, don't you? And you can you can jump in and listen in or, or attend, attend with them.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I, I think it is very important that people are proactive mm-hmm. and people raise their hand, as Misha said. Um, but also, I think we need to be cognizant of the fact that it might seem easier or quicker just yeah. for the senior engineer to do things themselves. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be more prudent in the long run for them to be more patient mm-hmm. with the young engineers who who are probably doing it for the first time. Yeah. or who have not had the same amount of experience as the senior engineers. Mm-hmm. So it might take longer, but in the long run, it, yeah. it will benefit the the team as mm-hmm. a whole.
1: Yeah, for sure.
3: How do you think
1: we can innovate when you're not physically collaborating with your mentors and peers in the office?
2: So I think um, I touched on it briefly earlier. Mm-hmm. Screen sharing. I'm obsessed with screen sharing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
2: good. I, I even did it with one of my architects on the phone the other day. Just like I wasn't understanding something. I'm like, can we screen share? It's no.
0: just. Picture a piece of thousand words. <laughs> you have to be it, careful with that. I added someone to a chat. Oh, yeah?
2: Oh, an external?
0: Yeah, but then they stay on the chat forever <laughs> if it's a reoccurring meeting. Oh.
2: Yes, if it's a meeting, that's right. So yeah. at
0: any point they can come back in.
2: <laughs> that's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think it is a really good tool just to have, you know, a lot of clarity, like you said, a picture paints a thousand words. So I find that really collaborative and, you know, I might've documented something and they've documented something Mm -hmm. and we both think that we're on the same page, but then when they've shown you it and you've kind of looked at their things or whatever, you're like, Oh, I can see the big hole in our communication. You know, that makes sense. And you can close those holes more easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. same as going to site. When you see it, you're like, oh, okay, well, this wasn't done, but it's a little late when mm. you're on site. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a, a good innovative way to collaborate. Um, just technology in general, we do a lot of stuff with scanning now um, on site to prevent going to site as often, particularly if it's remote. Um, drones, any any of this kind of technology that makes our lives and people's lives who are working remotely, mm-hmm. um, more accessible. Yeah. I think that's how we're able to collaborate.
3: Yeah. I agree. Misha. Uh, we've actually used a similar software where, um, someone goes to, or one person goes to site and takes 360 degree pictures, mm-hmm. brings them back yeah. and everyone can do a virtual site visit, uh, through that piece of software. And that's worked wonders for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've had a few colleagues down in Melbourne who've can't even leave their homes, uh-huh. let alone go to site, uh-huh. um, who've benefited a lot from yeah. having that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it goes the, for the young engineers as well. Maybe not everyone can go on site, mm-hmm. but everyone can certainly go through the pictures that have come back from site at their own time, mm-hmm. whenever whenever it's convenient. But also, going back to your point, Paul, um, innovation and collaboration mm-hmm. during these testing times. Uh, we, we've, had, we've had a s- series of successful brainstorming sessions on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Breaking out into those smaller rooms oh, yeah. Um, yeah. is an amazing feature, I think. It's just that the moderator has to have a lot of energy and needs to capture the attention. Yeah, Maybe like having everyone uh, have their cameras on and have interactive activities, that that probably helps. But also that's another way young engineers, young professionals can get involved mm-hmm. because we've got the energy and we certainly know the tech. So we can, you know, if not run these sessions as a moderator, we can certainly help the moderator by facilitating them and get that experience. Mm-hmm.
0: I think innovation hasn't really suffered that much mm-hmm. because we've had the right remote tools. Yeah. So in terms of like engineering. But there's probably, I think, a little bit of a little bit lost in the greater project team. How do you mean? Like, um, so if we're in a, a project collaboration meeting like this, and you had all the parties here, mm-hmm. I find that that on paper it's easy to do a sketch and on a whiteboard um, and yeah, well, whatever it might yeah. be, yeah. Mm-hmm. But just to do here, this is what I'm thinking about drawing on the drawing, yeah. whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a bit, it is harder, mm-hmm. like. Everyone's skills in bluebeam sketching of they should be, they should be well honed by now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I love I love just doing hand sketches, and I'm often in a meeting in a Teams Zoom meeting, doing a sketch and then hold it up to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, this is Problem what I, this is love what it. I mean. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a good way to do, it, not it? Yeah, it's so yeah. easy to sketch. Yeah. But um yeah, so I think innovation is kind of, I don't think it's suffered that much and I think it, it probably has actually encouraged some more conversations mm-hmm. um around design solutions. Yeah. Yeah. Collaboration I think it's been okay through this. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, other than the things I said just before.
1: Okay. And Misha, you kind of touched upon it a little bit there, but how do you think that technology might evolve to enable young engineers to work from home a bit more effectively and ensure that they receive the support that they need? So you're kind of talking about drones and. Um,
2: yeah, so. Software. Oh, gosh. I mean, I'm not a futurist, mm-hmm. um, so I'm not terribly involved in what, what is the latest tech, but I think, yeah, certainly, and if you are a young engineer, you kind of have your head around a lot of this technology more mm-hmm. than some of the older or um, engineers. I'm I'm in my thirties. I'm not that old, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm pretty hopeless with some of the new tech that comes out. <laughs> and some of my young engineers are a hundred percent all over it and a lot lot better at it than I am. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely think 3D modeling, drone captures. That's definitely a great way to do site visits for. For part of a project, we will never replace it. But to get an idea and a concept, and like we were saying earlier, you you can share that to the whole team. Everyone can get a slice of it. It's not just the one person who went to site that day. Yeah. Um, I also think that, yeah, maybe – ways to track what it is you're doing. I think, and again, a lot of the young engineers working for me are very Mm (laughs) organised and tracking your hours and things. I think that's Mm -hmm. really important as well to be effective so they can see what they have done that day, what's Mm -hmm. coming up. It's a bit more administration, but setting out your days, Mm -hmm. I think, um, and having that um, across, you know, that transparency with your team, I think that's a way to work effectively as well.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. I'm I'm happy to be your reverse mentor, Misha. Oh, okay. If you if you if you want any teach me how to TikTok. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah maybe not TikTok. <laughs> but I completely agree with you. Um, it, it's it's not and, and and with Ryan, it's not as seamless as mm-hmm. just rocking up to a meeting room and working out working away on a solution on the mm-hmm. whiteboard. Yeah. Um screen sharing is, I guess, the new whiteboard but yeah, I guess we're still a ways away from being as, as productive or as yes. uh, innovative. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I had in mind was maybe we could replicate the physical presence of the office. And this is something I borrowed from, from uni. Okay. Tech leads could have office hours say, a 30, 60-minute session every week mm-hmm. where they clear their calendar and they're just available for a chat, for a technical chat or a mentorship chat to whoever wants to come in. So it's
1: so it's like a virtual chat room that anyone can drop in. Is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So it's, it's akin to walking up to your senior lead who is sitting at his desk without mm-hmm. headphones so you know he's not on a call and maybe he's checking his emails or something, you know, he's not busy or she rock up, he or she, Mm -hmm. they're, they're not busy. (laughs) Um, you know that they're not busy. You rock up to them, Mm -hmm. maybe ask them to join you in the tea room for a coffee, um, or just start a conversation with them about a problem you're having or somewhere you're stuck, Mm -hmm. or maybe even asking for maybe putting your hand up for more work. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it is difficult to take time away from your busy schedules. Yeah. But it could be a rolling thing. So you've got, I don't know, four or five mech engineers, mech leads Mm -hmm. in in an office. They could do once a month. Yeah. Same with the other disciplines where Mm -hmm. people just come to them, talk Mm -hmm. about, maybe they could talk about, um the latest innovations in in industry or out there in the market mm-hmm. or some new projects they're working on and how young engineers could could be involved in them. Okay. Okay, that's yeah.
2: really good. Yeah. I think you uh touched on a really good point there, which is the accessibility to senior engineers and mentors and um, and team leads. I think that's something when I did kind of raise this topic um with some of my team, I you know, I was a bit Gun ho initially, um, thinking, we well, are doing a great job. Like we're screen sharing, you're really progressing. I can see you've got better. Mm-hmm. Like I was feeling pretty pumped about it all, to be honest. Yeah. And they, they agreed. They said, yeah, I feel like, you know, I take more initiative now. I'm doing this better, this but I was like, but how are you feeling? Like, are you, are you okay? Like, is there a downside to all of this yeah. or are you just, you know, getting better? Um, and they said, you know, it is hard and this stuff, um, trying to find, you know, he said sometimes I don't want to necessarily approach someone I feel like I'm bothering them. And mm-hmm. and that that's definitely true. And like you said, critique in the office, you scope people out to find out that they're not busy first. So mm-hmm. I think creating those time slots and and making people aware of yeah, time slots that you can be approachable. I think that would really be something a lot of organizations would benefit from.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your, yeah. What are some longer term logistical changes that you or your company are planning to do to combat this? Is the industry in general trending towards more agile setups that caters for assisting or mentoring graduates and young engineers? What do you
0: think? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, So just as an extension to what you guys just mentioned about having those sessions. So that's something that as a Sydney mechanical team, we've been doing for a very long time. There is an hour every fortnight. Mm-hmm. A Monday morning mm-hmm. that is for those exact discussions. Ah, that's good to hear. And people can bring something mm-hmm. or someone presents something. So, and is it working? That, oh, yeah, that's yeah. been incredibly valuable for a very long time.
1: And can anyone drop in or is it just mechanical?
0: Oh, it'd be open to anyone. Yeah, um, But generally it's just the mechanical guys. Okay. It's, it's often someone presenting a design that they've come up with and yeah. getting some feedback and that sort of thing. But, yeah, yeah it's a really good session.
1: Yeah, well, knowledge sharing is good, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and in terms of an organization, there's, so where we were already very flexible in working in arrangements prior to COVID. Mm -hmm. So we're already set up for, for remote working. I think the only thing we needed to arrange was a bit more bandwidth for it all to work. Yeah. So, and, and ongoing, we now have a fully flexible working policy. Um, Mm And coming back to the, some of the original comments we made about access to people in hours in certain hours so we've got like for one example is um one of the engineers has a a young child Mm -hmm. and he tends to work like you often get emails at 2am from him um yeah yeah but knowing that is key because i know i can contact him late at night But the expectation is not the opposite sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's really personal. Yeah. Um, And and as an individual working flexible hours, you also need to manage it. Yeah, of course. Um, We've had many mental health organizational workshops um, and access to – employee programs and things yeah, like that good to hear. yeah and I, I mentioned before as well that the mentoring is being looked at much more closely mm-hmm. and much more openly to make sure that people know who is uh, approachable mm-hmm. and, and what their skill sets are yeah um and then one other thing that's happened recently is um an introduction of a young business development group Mm-hmm. which uh, the energy that comes out of that group is is pretty phenomenal actually. Mm-hmm. And it's been difficult because they can't, they haven't been able to have these sort of catch-ups with their contacts. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's the, some of the output that those guys and the effort that they've put in mm-hmm. and the value that they perceive out of it has yeah. been, yeah, excellent.
2: Yeah, um, similar at StanTech, we've um, adopted a fully flexible working arrangement that, Previously, simply didn't exist. Uh-huh. Well, certainly not um, as wooden grieve engineers. Yeah. We've kind of gone through this transition during the COVID and yeah. working away. So there's a, there is a lot changing and a lot to learn. But uh-huh. that was yeah something really good that we were all able to take on board permanently. Mm-hmm. And people have had obviously time now to figure out: Do they like working from home? Do they mm. like breaking it up? Do they only want to work in the office? And it's just about finding that balance for you yeah. and then also what's needed from you as well, whether, you know, you need to be in the office some days and making sure that you're doing that as well. Uh-huh. I think um, for catering mentorship, I think, yeah, definitely catch-ups. So I, don't, I don't even think being in the office is that important, but maybe going for lunch, you know, mm-hmm. having some personal time with people is yeah. always important. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea of an actual office as a rigid, uh, place to meet is, is a lot less important. Yeah. Not good for me because I design
0: offices.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They'll always have a place, but yeah, I think, you know, physically being in the one spots, it's kind of gone. At least
0: you don't own offices.
2: That's right. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But some people thrive on that. They want to be in the office and that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, sometimes they do feel quite crowded, so it's probably nicer for those people now having mm-hmm. a bit more space in the office as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. You kind of touched upon a little something that we did. Remember when we were brainstorming um, something you wanted to go through and we went for a walk, remember? Walk and talk.
2: Yeah, yeah. walk and talk. Yeah. For this
1: episode, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, you know, um, a lot of uh, my colleagues, they're loud talkers on the phone and right. they just do laps laps of the office talking loudly on their phone <laughs> so they're just walking and talking and honestly it does not matter where they are they could be doing that at home yeah. in the park it really doesn't matter and they're not sitting at a desk so
1: right. I tend to do a lot of my um zoom calls and the ones that you've got to listen to that are like town halls and stuff and yeah just for, I just go for a walk you know? yeah exactly
2: yeah. I call them my daily boring podcasts <laughs> 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 some more interesting than yeah. others
1: just before we go on to the SIBSI challenge, um, has anyone got any remarks that they want to, sort of closing remarks that they want to pop in or anything you missed off, that you might have wanted to
0: chip in there? Yeah, so I, I just said a few notes here about about what young engineers could could do oh, yeah. uh, to okay. improve. Uh, not not improve, uh, it just work better in in this environment and be noticed. So something that's key in my experience is you need to be organised, right. and you need to take notes, yeah. like detailed notes, to know what's expected of you. Mm-hmm. So, you, if you don't understand it, you need to ask. Yeah, you need to say I, 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 because otherwise, you could sit there for a day, totally, and achieve nothing. Yeah, and, um,
1: and don't be afraid to ask. Uh, yeah. yeah,
0: you don't have to be afraid to ask. Everyone kind of expects it now, of course. So, um,
2: sorry to interrupt there. I think equally the. Um, important to reverse brief as well. So saying, Oh, I don't understand actually saying this is what I do understand. Yeah. Cause I think particularly not being present that mm. can really get lost. You know, they think they understand they'll go off. Yeah. So I think confirming what it is that they have understood is yeah. really
1: critical at this time. Yeah. Well, I think is not, I, I remember someone telling me something along the lines of something, when someone was in the army, they used to tell someone on order and they used to have to repeat it back to them. So it's kind of a similar sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. So to make sure they understand what they're doing.
0: Yeah. So then you've got to follow through. Mm -hmm. So make sure you do it. If you find yourself sitting there spinning your wheels, you need to stop and then you need to go and reassess or re-speak to someone about what you're actually doing. Yeah. Um, We've talked about it. Ask questions, seek advice, but you are going to be the one that has to drive it. Mm -hmm. You'll have to find the information. You'll have to seek it. Yeah. Um, we've talked a lot about mentorship. It's going to be really important and you potentially might need one at a few different levels and depending how new you are to the organisation, you might even need, say, a, an admin mentor who can mm-hmm. just help you with business process mm-hmm. and how things work. Yeah. Ask to be involved, yeah. to come to that meeting, that presentation, 100%. even if you're a passenger in, in whatever that might be, yeah. and form a peer group somewhere that you can share your thoughts, mm-hmm. um, what you might be having trouble with, f- frustration, it's a vent, it could yep. be. Otherwise, it's just too isolating. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't consider myself a, a, like a fully competent engineer until about eight years in, I think. So mm-hmm. you've got a long way to go before, yeah. uh, some people, a lot of people are a lot, of qu- lot quicker than me, but um, that's certainly how, how yeah. long it took me And yeah. and you need to be conscious of that. Um, Mm -hmm. and conscious that you don't know everything and that there's heaps of people around that are willing to help.
1: Fantastic. That's really good advice, Ryan. That's a good way to sort of finish off the segment. Okay, so we're going to jump into the SIBSI challenge now. You guys up for this, yeah? I think so. Yeah? I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, welcome to the SIBSI challenge. Thank you all for being a Game for a Laugh. And before we begin, let's check that those buzzers are working, everyone. So, Misha, can you please test your buzzer? Uh. Fantastic. Ryan, same for you. Can you please make sure your buzzer is working? <laughs> and finally, Pratik, let's ensure that your buzzer is working. Let's hear it. Wow. So, you might ask yourself, what do points make? Well, they make prizes, of course, and the winner will be walking away with this limited edition Sibzi ANZ notepad. Ooh. Yes, <laughs> you got to all prepared for. Okay, fingers on the buzzers. We surveyed a hundred subsea engineers. Name something you'd worry about if you lived on an iceberg. Polar bears. Uh, drowning. And our survey said. So the top answer was melting. You're melting. If you're on the iceberg, it's melting.
2: If you melt, you drown.
1: Correct. <laughs> that would have been 54 <laughs> points, but you only got four. <laughs> uh, once again, we surveyed 100 Sibsie engineers. You ready? Fingers on the buzzers. Name an Olympic sport you'd watch more often if it were played in the nude. Uh, women's wrestling. That's got seven points. Uh, uh, volleyball. Oh, we've, volleyball? we've just hit the top answer of 21. <laughs> Misha. You're in the lead. You've got 25 points. Ryan's on seven and Pratik.
3: I was going to say basketball. Zero?
1: Zero. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers on the buzzers. We surveyed 160 engineers. Name something appealing about working from home.
2: Uh, Not getting dressed. Like wearing active wear or jammies, whatever you got going.
1: Oh my gosh, you just got a top answer. Yes. 28 points. Boom. What have you got, fatigue?
3: Sing along to tunes while working. Uh. <laughs> Nobody does that but me. All right. One point, no? No points, mate.
1: Die, die showers. And our survey said, go to the bathroom anytime. Two mm. people said that. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I'll we'll take that, yeah. <laughs> All right. Storming into the lead. Fingers on the buzzers. We surveyed 100 Subsea engineers. Name something you might do at work to convince your boss you're far too sick to be there.
2: Complain. <laughs> Moan and complain.
0: No. Put on a husky voice. Oh, okay. you. I mean, you make like a
1: fake sort of... Um, like yeah, co- I got, co- I've got, I've got go- the cough at
0: the moment. Yeah, they?
1: okay. A gruff voice. Yeah. All right, Ryan, you got a top answer there. It's 44. Pratik.
3: Show a positive COVID test from Google. Oh,
1: <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> okay, so unfortunately, pratik, you are not in the final round. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have to add anything up there.
3: <laughs> I gave up after the first one.
1: Uh, so we're going to do a quick fire round now. So it's going to be Ryan against Misha. It's all.
2: Fingers on the buzzer.
1: Well, what we're going to do is one person's going to go out of the room. Oh. Yeah? And then the other person is going to answer five questions in 30 seconds. And the other person's going to come back in and do the same. And then the top scorer wins. Yeah? Brian. Okay. Oh, Ryan's out. <laughs> Let's play this game. Testant, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. In your nightmares, name a place you might suddenly discover that you're naked. School. Name something that makes people blink. The sun. Name a measuring device. Cup. Name a kind of person who might wear a mask. Nurse. Name a part of the body that grows faster than others. Hair. Okay, Good. Okay Ryan you've got it all to play for We're going to give you 30 seconds on the clock mm-hmm. We're going to answer, answer these questions Whatever comes into your mind first Just share it out okay Are you ready? Yes Let's do this In your nightmares Name a place you might suddenly discover that you're naked School Name something that makes people blink Dust Name a measuring device A beaker Name a kind of person who might wear a mask. A
0: COVID sufferer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Name a part of the body that grows faster than others. Ah, hair. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. So, let's go back to the start. So, in your nightmares in a place you might suddenly discover that you're naked, the top answer was work. You both said school. You both scored 17 points. I
0: don't think we've you, ever
2: had a dream right where i don't know, and I don't know why it was my first thought as well. I don't know why.
1: Name something that makes people blink. You said dust. That was 12. Um, Misha, you said sun. Bright light. Maybe give you that. Yeah. That's 49. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, like when you,
2: there's light yeah. in your eyes. Yeah. yeah.
1: 49 was the top answer. Oh, yeah. with the bright light. So sun. Um, name a measuring device. You said Cup. And you said beaker, Ryan. So you both said kind of same thing. Uh, same yeah, kind of vessel. So that's 26 points. The, the top answer was ruler, but 33. Name a kind of person who might wear a mask. The top answer was doctor or surgeon. So you said nurse. Yep. And you said a COVID sufferer, which is not even on this list. <laughs> <laughs> and the final answer is name a part of the body that grows faster than others and you both got the top answer at, with hair, 44. Nice. So congratulations. I didn't well even done. know if that
2: was a part of the body, I guess yeah. it is.
1: Yeah, still see, <laughs> hair on aisles. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. That's fantastic. Okay. We're going to give you the prestigious limited edition notepad. And chef, how oh, do you feel?
2: Thank you. I feel overwhelmed with yeah. joy. Thank you so much.
1: Awesome. Well done. <laughs> Okay, so thanks, guys, for um, agreeing to take part out of your busy schedule um, today. So thank you, Misha, thank you, Ryan, and thank you, Pratik. It's been a real pleasure talking with each of you and hear more about the importance of how we could all take a conscious step towards supporting and transferring knowledge to our young engineers and graduates, who are, after all, the engineers of tomorrow's world. So before we wrap up, um, if this subject resonates with you or any of your colleagues and you're struggling to stay connected, You can get peer-to-peer support by getting involved in the local Sibsi Young Engineers group. Um, You can do that by either emailing yen at sibsi.org, or you can look us up on LinkedIn and just type in Sibsi Yen. And there's a group there with 3,500 members on LinkedIn. And there's also a Sibsi Yen ANZ group, and that's got 650 people on that as well. So you can do that. You may also want to consider doing a voluntary role within the region um, or a relevant special interest group. And there's lots of opportunities for networking within those student groups. And you can also find mentors, as many of the members that sit on these student groups are experienced engineers who are very passionate about actively supporting young engineers. If you want to do that, you can email um, groups at sibsy.org or regions at sibsy.org, and we can forward your approach to the relevant people. And finally, SIBSI also operates the training development scheme, which allows your company to support prospective professional engineers as they develop these skills and learn to demonstrate their competence towards becoming a corporate member of SIBSI. Trainees are paired with experienced mentors and who will provide guidance and access as sounding board as they track their progress against the relevant competencies for desired grade. And in this way, trainees will build a large portfolio of evidence towards a membership application and also become familiar with the competence criteria. And that's it. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Sibsi Talking Buildings. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Talking Buildings, a Sibsi Australia and New Zealand production. You can download previous episodes or subscribe to future ones by searching Sibsi Talking Buildings. That's C-I-B-S-E on your favourite podcast app.